Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of LGA, that is... Lit, lit, lit game, 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 game arena. arena. For those of you who don't know, my name is Marcus, and I'm joined, as always, by Justin. We're back, motherfuckers! Yeah, we were gone for a long fucking time, but we're back now. Yeah, Justin was recovering. That was uh, unfortunate. COVID's real. Uh, let's go to it! Welcome. Welcome to episode 83 of the LGA cast. Yes, we are back. We're back from an extended hiatus. Thanks to me getting the Rona. Um, thankfully, none of us were like seriously uh, ill. None of us had to be hospitalized, but the entire house was quarantined for a couple weeks. It was terrible. I did. I mean, I, from, for me personally, I didn't like have like super terrible um, symptoms like the first two days I had probably the worst like flu like aches I've ever like body aches I've ever had in my entire life um, but then after that it was just kind of like I just had like the okay well like if you try to do too much you're just gonna be really tired <laughs> that's basically what I had I did I this one was weird the taste thing that was a weird thing to experience, like not having the taste. And I feel like a lot of maybe it was just unique to my situation because I know there's like a lot of weird things with the virus where people experience symptoms differently. Um, but for me, the taste, the loss of taste, it didn't last very long for me. It was only a few days, but it was also like a loss of sensation in in the tongue. <laughs> um, like... I couldn't feel textures of foods like everything kind of like felt like mush in my mouth no matter what I ate um, and I couldn't feel if food was hot or cold so like if I had ice cream I could feel it was cold on my cheeks but not on my tongue it was fucking bizarre <laughs> um, wouldn't recommend it but I got it um, and now that's herd immunity, right? I got it. It's over. <laughs> no, that's not really how this works. <laughs> We're still waiting on that vaccine, which I mean, it's coming. It's coming. The vaccine's coming. But we, 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 it's, it's like, I feel like we, we teleported, we time warped into the future. We were already on the mega slide into the end of the year. Now we're just falling. We're just falling straight into the end of the year. I feel like there isn't enough weeks left in the year to do the things that I want to do. Um, as far as especially the podcast goes, we only have just a few more weeks until I mean, until shit. I mean, it's November 19th right now. So we have after this, we have one, two, three three regular episode weeks and then the like gaming awards and then that yeah so and if you're listening to the terminal news air uh, uh um terminal news episode the late gaming awards will drop on christmas eve so if you're if you want something to listen to something entertaining just us discussing various games that should win the lit gamies and all the unique categories that we come up with for the show. Um, they're categories you won't hear anywhere else. 
Um, we are we are the inventors of the uh, best podcasting game uh, category in in video game awards. I'll say that we're first. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's something that will. It's it's fun. It's a fun thing that we like to do. Um, it kind of coincides. That it's basically the end of season two. That's what that will be, and then we'll take a couple weeks off for the holidays, and uh, then we will we will start fresh in season three uh, next in in two thousand two thousand twenty one. Um, yeah, it's been a wild year. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just want to thank everybody that tuned in uh, so far this year. If you've been with us the entire year or if you're just joining us now uh feel free to go back and listen to the old backlog we got a lot of great episodes for you um you can subscribe to us on any of the platforms just search for late gaming arena you will find us also make sure you subscribe to the lit gaming arena full tilt is that what i called it no that's not what i called overdrive. it yeah it was overdrive that's it yeah so uh, Lit Gaming Arena Overdrive feed, and that has some extra stuff that we've recorded over the last couple years. Some game reviews, spoiler cast for the Star Wars. <laughs> um, hopefully, we can eventually get back to doing some content for that. But um, we've been focusing mostly on this this main feed here, the news in the games. That's what it's all about. And you know what? You can't have games without a certain thing. Uh, called Game Fuel, our sponsor. You hear that slurp? And every time I drool all over myself. Um, game Fuel. It's uh, it's it's what winners drink. It's game in a can. No, it's victory in a can. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's all the that's that's all, it's kind of the, the housekeeping out of the way at the beginning of the podcast. And I hear Marcus has been chugging away while i've been toiling in sickness and and uh <laughs> and quarantine marcus has been busy playing all the games you don't so want to know what games to, i've been playing you don't even want to oh, know oh man there's there's a you lot well why don't you, you why don't you start with the games that that you finished <laughs> well while we've been in hay in hiatus yeah, i've played so many games i i can't i cannot cover them all there is only one there is one game that i'm almost at the end of that I'll get to, but um, so just to kick this off, I played through Dark Pictures Anthology A Little Hope um, Okay. This, this was the follow-up to Man of Medan um, they're, they're not, like, they're it's an anthology series, so it kind of is like Tales from the Crypt or like uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, you know, kind of thing it's got like a weird storyteller man, um, he's kind of a persistent thing who's like telling uh, this these stories um anyway so as the game starts you're a kid in a house and there's kind of uh your sister who's younger is kind of weird um and you know you, you don't know what to think of her anyway like you, you guys kind of get you and the the kids get scattered out around the house um to all these different rooms and uh you end up leaving the stove on, going outside, the house burns down. Anyway, everybody dies. Um, this is unpreventable. There are choices you can make, but everybody will die in that uh, first scene. Um, and then uh, it cuts to a bus driver, 
And then the bus, he's Rex, and uh, you're in Little Hope with characters that look suspiciously like all the characters that died in the house at the beginning. <laughs> um, so that's the general setup. You got to kind of like figure out what's going on. There is a thick fog, um, you know, major, major uh, Silent Hill vibes <laughs> with this thick fog. Um, you keep seeing these images of these, this family that looks suspiciously like you, that is not the family from the beginning. So essentially what I'm getting at is there's three sets of people that all look identical. Wow. Um, it all, all everything makes sense in the end. It, it, in my opinion, I, I know somebody played it and was like, that ending made no fucking sense, but I thought the ending was pretty great. I really enjoyed this. It is... You know, once again, one of these quick time event story based games that is kind of like a Detroit or like a I mean, Detroit is a bigger version of this. Same with uh, this game's other project uh, until dawn. Uh, these are smaller bite sized uh, games that are in that until dawn style. The the thing is, like, I really didn't like Man of Medan. I talked about that on the cast. Uh, Man of Medan just did not do it for me. I hated everything yeah. about it. Um, and, and like Man of Medan just ran really poorly. Little Hope runs really, really well. Um, and I'm just playing on a, like when I played that, I was on the base PS4. I was not on the PS5 yet. Um, so yeah, I just, I played through that on the PS4 and I very small amount of load times didn't run, really run into a lot of those. The Man of Medan had a lot of stammering issues where it would just like be chunky at times for no real reason. Um, yeah. this was smooth throughout. Um, good, good experience. You know, there's five characters, um, in the story. So there is, um, the, the mom in the original story is now, uh, the, cause you're like students. Um, uh, the bus driver went mysteriously missing. Um, Oh, and the main character is played. His name is Andrew and he is played by the, like, I can never remember this actor's name, but everybody's seen him in something, but he was in uh, Bandersnatch. Um, he was that blonde-haired guy in oh, Bandersnatch. Okay. Um, he's oh. been in, like, everything. Like, he's he's that meme guy. He's the one that's like the, oh, you guys got so-and-so? He's that meme. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, he's the main character in this, so to speak. And then, I mean, but you do play as all the other characters. Um, there, so there is the older lady student who's kind of sassy. There is the teacher who is, um, he's, he's always kind of like being like, I'm given like hard life lessons, but he's kind of a coward. Um, like, and then there's kind of like a jockey kind of douchey boy that I played as a simp. And then like his girlfriend who is like reluctant to say their girlfriend and boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is why I played him as a simp, but I, I really enjoyed that these characters, unlike Man of Medan, have a bit more dimensionality to them and have like personalities onto themselves and don't feel so boilerplate, like so uh, just stereotypes or like blank slate characters where like in Man of Medan, it felt like, oh, the decisions you make fill in the blanks for the characters. In this, it feels like the characters have personalities onto themselves, um, which oh, okay. I like because I like to play the characters like they're that character, not like, oh, I'm just making all the quote unquote best choices for them. Because And that was a problem with Man of Medan. I had troubles 
pinpointing what this character was because they just had like archetypes like this character's a nerd, but he was like a blank slate nerd character in Man of Medan. <laughs> like these characters got a little bit more depth than that, where it's not just like this is a nerd, this is a jock, this is a like who else? Well, there's the Man of Medan had the two male characters and two female characters. One of them was kind of a like sassy captain person. She was the one leading the tour in the first place. Uh, so she had probably the most depth. And then the other one was kind of your, she, she was just a girlfriend character. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, I don't know that, that game had a lot of issues with characters in my opinion, but th- this one did a good job. Um, it, it's not as good as until dawn. Um, they, they don't quite reach those heights. I, I, I just am saying I did actually enjoy this one where, Man of Medan, I didn't glean any enjoyment. Granted, the best parts in Man of Medan sounded like it was playing that game multiplayer uh, because other people would like I just, you know, was playing myself. So you do all the sequences where in multiplayer, when the gang splits up, one person plays some two of the characters and the other person plays the other two characters, which can have interesting uh, dynamics if somebody killed somebody. By accident or on purpose. Nice. (laughs) But I didn't get any of that, unfortunately, in that one. Um, But yeah, you're trying to, anyway, you're trying to figure out what's going on with Little Hope, this weird fog that rolled in. You're looking for the bus driver. Um, There's this weird mystery of like, there were basically like witch trials in Little Hope and uh, involving this family that looks suspiciously like you. And you're getting chased by kind of ghouls and like you keep getting like grabbed by creepy stuff that uh, will teleport you to the past, so to speak. Um, Like so you will you will have some interactions and choices to make with this family that's going through a witch trial. Very interesting Interesting. game. Um, Yeah, it seems like it for for, and I mean, eventually it'll probably make its way to Game Pass. I think Man of Medan did uh, fairly recently, but. It, there, it's a $30 game, so, and, you know, I was looking for something spooky to play during Halloween. This kind of scratched that itch. Um, all right, next, I played through and finished Pikmin Del- 3 Deluxe on the Switch. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, is I, it I, as good as Pikmin always is? It's, this is a little bit more complicated than that. So, <laughs> so Pikmin 3 on the Wii U was difficult for me to play because it used the touch controls. So granted, I understand it would have worked a little better than I thought it would um, based on what I've played in the deluxe. But I was just like not having it back on the Wii U because the, I was like, I'm not going to like use this touch control to throw the Pikmin of just like a swipe. Like that just wasn't happening. Now I get (laughs) now having played through deluxe, there is I'm guessing in the original, probably a lock on feature. So when you fling it, it kind of is a bit more consequence free if you use the lock on. Um, but yeah, having the base controls was what, what swayed me to buy this. Now, Pikmin 3 is you have three protagonists you have Brittany, Alfie, and I can never remember that other guy's name. I think Charlie is the other one. Um, but they're, they're three protagonists and I feel this game is ambitious, but it doesn't quite hit its marks. 
Um, and I think the deluxe version does a bit better job, but it still never quite gets there because clearly they kind of want to be more RTSified, um, but don't quite hit it because they want you to like, this is where it breaks apart at the seams. They want you to divvy up Pikmin and break characters off because you can control each character individually, but that doesn't really work because I have to be there to throw Pikmin and do task. Now you can click on the map to like send a person somewhere, but you can't designate a task. So this is where I'm like, the game would probably benefit from like, if I could macro something or be like, Hey, go here, throw Pikmin at this thing. And, you know, like key up several tasks for that character, but you can't really do that. Um, so I never really broke up my group all that often. And another part of that is there's a couple of the puzzles where you'll need all three of your guys because you'll need to throw two of your guys to a platform and then a bunch of Pikmin and then have that person throw the other person to another platform with all those Pikmin. Um, and there's a few puzzles like that. The game is astonish astonishingly short, um, like unbelievably short. Um, and the... In the original games, there was like these perfect Pikmin runs where you could like, like essentially having the Pikmin survive was a bigger part of that game. Doesn't even matter here. You can get like basically unlimited Pikmin. Um, I guess I should go back a little bit and uh, outline uh, the story a little bit. So uh, the I can't remember the name of the planet you're from, but uh, they're. Because because these people and all of Mars people are from two different planets. But anyway, your planet is short on food supplies. Um, so you are they scan the universe for food and uh, the Pikmin planet gets pinged. So you're flying out there anyway. Your spaceship gets hit and you guys crash land and kind of are the three protagonists are scattered to the wind um, on this planet. And then you encounter the Pikmin and uh, you use them to gather large fruit. That is the primary thing that gets squeezed into juice and you'll bring back the juice and seeds uh, back to your home world is kind of the plan. Um, Olimar and uh, God, I can never remember his weird companion because um, I never played Pikmin 2, but uh, they are also kind of stranded Um there you find the wreckage of their ship eventually but uh yeah you're kind of trying to find olimar because you find out he has your guys's key uh like warp drive key because you'll find like notes from him being like ah oh, this key must be to a treasure because he's just looking for treasure because he's in <laughs> debt um from his first voyage <laughs> he has some weird indentured servitude going on and he likes vegetables anyway so he's not after your fruits their nice. planet likes vegetables. Anyway, the Pikmin like seem okay. Now correct me if I'm wrong. It's just been a long time since I played Pikmin one. Cause I only played it when it came out. I swear in Pikmin one, if you're like, if you have red Pikmin, let's just say, and they touch water, they die like immediately. They drown right away. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I remember them just like dying and like crazy fast. Anyway, your Pikmin are like crazy resilient here. They can like fall in water. Your other Pikmin can light on fire. All you got to do is whistle and like put them out or like they're panicked in the water and you whistle and it'll like calm them down. Um, obviously, the blue Pikmin are still the only ones that can go in water. Uh, yellow Pikmin, you can throw higher 
and they are resistant to electricity like they can conduct electricity you use them for those puzzle red pikmin are fire pikmin they can they're immune to fire and uh the rock pikmin you'll need to like crush uh walls and stuff and then there's the and i think these ones were new for this one once again i didn't play two i think two had some different ones but uh this one has these fairy pikmin that are like pink and they can fly um, I'm pretty sure those were introduced in this one, but like I said, didn't play two. Um, I <laughs> believe the original game only had the three. I believe it only had, uh, blue, yellow, and red in the original game. Maybe purple, but I'm pretty sure it was just blue, blue, yellow, and red. Um, anyway, yeah, so it, it's just a very short game. You can beat it in like 10 hours, if even that, uh, probably less, um, and there are like side missions that they added to the deluxe version with Olimar where you can it it's like a time trial thing where you have a limited time to, you know, get all the fruits and stuff on this planet. And then he has a separate side mission that unlocks after you beat the game that is just kind of a the missions kind of vary, but it looks like one ones where you mostly try and get all the Pikmin uh, that you can Um and then I haven't tried out bingo battle mode yet, but I hear that's the best mode on there. But as far as a deluxe goes, this is kind of weak. Like this feels like it might as well just be a port of that game. It doesn't feel like they added too much extra um, or like enough to really like if you played this on the Wii U, uh, probably don't buy this at full price. But if you're, you know, like if you missed it on the Wii U and are really Jones and some Pikmin, it's all right. Um, it's just, they kind of made it more child friendly than I think the, uh, even the other games were like that. There's not much of a challenge and the puzzles are not hard to solve at all. Um, and I mean, I realize I have like an adult brain going into this, but it's still, <laughs> it, it just, it, it, it's worrisome because I think of the way certain Nintendo franchises, especially have gone with like Kirby's a good example where uh, Kirby is kind of a mid range where sometimes it's a bit like it does present some challenges or do interesting enough stuff to keep an adult entertained. Um, somebody who's been with the franchise forever, but Yoshi games are like probably the worst when it comes to like, they don't even try to make those interesting. Um, and I fear <laughs> I fear that may be happening with Pikmin, but it's also, I think Pikmin's greatest struggle is that how they hit the nail on the head so hard the first go around that where do you go from there? And I don't think they've figured it out yet because like in the first one, you're just trying to rebuild Olimar's spaceship and you're getting like the spaceship bits and plus like treasure and shit along the way. Um, but it seems like each one just keeps adding a new protagonist because like yeah one was just olimar two was olimar and uh i can never remember uh, louis that's his name it's olimar and louis so it has two protagonists and pikmin 3 has three protagonists so presumably pikmin 4 will have four protagonists um not the direction <laughs> that franchise should be going where i i mean i don't know what they do like to innovate um which is strange because usually a lot of games they have room to grow like and you can see like where they should uh like be like oh they should do this next but pikmin i just don't see it <laughs> do you got any ideas justin 
Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, because I I really don't know. Like I said, I the the most I could think of is that they don't do the task deviation to make it so you can divvy up task amongst your crew um, and queue up task. But I mean, that's only going to aid people into micro managing and uh, completing levels faster. So yeah, I just I, I have no idea. Um, I, I guess that, that that becomes the only direction they can take it is kind of like what Paper Mario did where it just needs to have a more interesting story and be a more interesting like set piece and just do funny bits that make make the experience worthwhile um like just just have like when you solve puzzles or do the thing do whatever thing it is that they make that thing interesting enough that it's worth seeing but yeah currently it's still like i dug up a fruit out of the ground and then i carried it back to my ship like none of that's really <laughs> awesome you know like some of the boss fights were cool but you know, it's it's not enough to super move the needle. I, I you know, even without playing Pikmin 2, I, I think Pikmin 3 is probably the weakest in the franchise. Um, and like I said, I mean, if Pikmin's really your jam, this you'll probably enjoy this just fine. But it, if if you played this on the Wii U, I, I don't think the deluxe is really worth it. I only bought it because I was kind of unwilling to adapt to the Wii U control scheme. Um <laughs> So anyway, that's Pikmin, um, and then okay, and then then we reach later in the week. So I got my Xbox, and I didn't really play a lot on there. And, and this will just be kind of like my brief Xbox talk. While I do think Xbox is in a powerful position, and I think they're set, they they got all dominoes set up, they just need to knock them down. They they just don't have games. So at launch, like. It it sucked being really hyped for a launch, getting the console, bringing it home, unpacking it. Uh, I you know set set it up, installed some games on there, uh, but there there was nothing new, super new and exciting really. You know, like because anything that would fall into that category would be like Yakuza, which I'm just waiting on because I'm not even caught up on that franchise, um, and. Outside of that, I guess it would be like an Assassin's Creed or like Watch Dogs or whatever, you know, but I'm playing those on PlayStation. So it sucks just not having like, you know, a big premiere thing that's just on there while I, you know, I checked out the features. Quick resumes, pretty awesome. Like the console itself seems pretty cool. Um, interfaces, the UI moves super slick. Uh, that stuff seems cool. I played uh, some Gears Tactics on there because it runs better there than it did on my PC. So that's that's definitely where I'm going to complete that game. Uh, yeah. I have been sidetracked by other stuff, but uh, that was the 10th. And then fast forward to the 12th. Um, I took some time off. I got the PlayStation PS5. Day. Yeah. Um, I'm really, uh, really floored with the PS5. Uh, they impressed me in ways I didn't expect. Um, so... I, I I got my console a little bit before some of my friends. I plan to play uh, Demon Souls, which I'll talk about a bit later. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to kind of wait till they got set up before I could do any of that. So I played Astro's Playroom, uh, which is really, really good. Um, like, if you got a PS5, check that out for sure. I'm sure anybody would, but definitely definitely check that out it's, it's really good and it's a very amazing homage to just everything playstation um it's the best tech demo i've seen since uh we sports in my opinion um 
it, it like it's it's right up there in the pantheon of like tech demos with Wii Sports and like uh what was that other one Nintendo Land? Damn, that's but yeah, it's high praise great. right there. Um, I may even like it more than those. It's really good. Uh, it's got these. So it is Astrobot. Um, it's kind of a Mario like. You know, it is a platformer. Um, but all the levels are like inside the PlayStation base. So like the first world, so to speak, is called Cooling Springs. Um, and you know, it's all about that uh that fan. You know, it's, <laughs> it's giant all about fan. That, that cooling system. Um, there's like the SSD Speedway. There's do they have um, the the liquid cooling the liquid metal cooling no no there's <laughs> oh. the gpu jungle the uh ssd speedway and i think the cpu is the last one um but yeah which i can't remember the name of that but this game is just impressive like top to bottom like it is it's, it's short enough but it, it, everything is just so good like because the music the songs actually have to do with the things of that level like the ssd speedway one has like a beat in the song that just goes ssd and it like it's just kind of amazing but then like all the little pieces like sometimes you'll be hopping on like pieces of the world that will be like the triggers uh for the playstation controller and all that stuff so that's amazing but then there's little little like cameos of all kinds of characters i mean the one everybody kind of saw before the game came out was the crash bandicoot one but it's like there's these camera operations with uh like other astrobot guys uh in like costumes and stuff doing you know playstation stuff and there's just cameos for like everything you could even think of i i was constantly like oh shit there's a reference to that here you know like just constantly um so that stuff was cool and then you get all the like collectibles are like playstation they're playstation artifacts but they it would be like you know a psp or like a uh the ps3 um the singstar microphone you know stuff like that yeah um which was cool because those all go in uh what's called playstation labo and I, I know the obvious Nintendo Labo thing, <laughs> but anyway, you go in there and you can actually like interact with all those things. And there's several trophies involving just interacting with that stuff. And there's, you know, like cool, like you can turn on the PlayStation and even like open it up. Um, so you just go in there and like punch all that stuff. And then there's even a, uh, like a vending, you know, like one of those capsule machines, like the, the gotcha machines, in there that you you put the coins you get in the levels in and you'll get little capsules of collectibles out of um cool cool stuff uh so yeah just like jam through that for a while and you know i everything about that game is good i i platinum that and then even there were some like extra trophies for doing the speed run stuff which was fun um which the speed run levels are slightly different than the regular levels like they're they're short little snippet things of like they're unique um but yeah each each world kind of has like a platforming sequence and then kind of like you'll get in like a and you'll like transform into something that will um utilize the controller in some unique way um like one you turn into a monk like you have this monkey suit that you get into and then you'll have to use the triggers and the uh motion controls to like swing back and forth and grab stuff um when you're in like the spaceship it uses that uh the the pushback on the triggers the haptic feedback um 
which is like really fucking cool. Like when you feel the triggers just fighting back on you, it will just change your opinion. You'll be like, what have we been doing for years? Or even when you're climbing as the monkey, because it'll engage that uh, partial tap. So where it like clicks in a little when you're, it'll have like these broken rocks and on those, you got to like grab it carefully. So you'll have the, you'll have to do like a partial click. And if you click too far, it will shatter the rock. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah when it, when it's like pushing back on you it's pretty cool and i mean it does do also like the bowstring thing of like getting tension on a bowstring um, yeah that's the least inventive way to utilize that but there is a lot of cool stuff which uh just a little side note uh the haptics in that controller were actually designed by the same people who made the uh, hd rumble for the joy cons pretty interesting okay <laughs> <laughs> They, they got that tech on lock, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's got the rumble for when you're on different terrains that is like, you know, supposed to feel like raindrops or whatever, which I mean, it's not like that stuff's not the most immersive, but having several different variances of rumble does add to the immersion at the very least, um, in my opinion, um, at not just having like a static rumble or just like varying slightly varying different speeds um this is just very different in that it rumbles just different sections i think it's got three points in each handle um which is pretty cool yeah Um, anyway that it's mostly just to show off how cool that new controller is which that controller feels really good on the other hand the xbox controller i thought i would like that it's smaller but i kind of don't um, it's still basically that Xbox yeah. controller. I think that D-pad on there is probably the best D-pad in existence on that Xbox controller. It's wow, that's, pretty fucking that's, cool. That's high praise coming from a, a Sony guy. I'm a D-pad Nazi, and that D-pad <laughs> hey, wait, is good. Wait. I don't know. Maybe maybe we shouldn't compare ourselves to Nazis. So people get real triggered Only by- when you're a D-pad Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well <laughs> but anyway yeah astrobot was fun um and then i jammed through bug snacks i did the bug snacks Are there any bug snacks you want to ask me about you think who's your favorite bug snack i i, I don't know any of the bug is snacks it, is it moth moths supreme <laughs> oh the food puns <laughs> oh boy is it daddy cake legs? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the uh, so yeah, Bug Snacks is this game is also on like base PlayStation as well, but it was free through PlayStation Plus if you have a PS5. Um I like this game's fucking weird. Um it looks so really you, good though. <laughs> so you're a journalist and you get sent to investigate these but what what's the deal with these bug snacks? So you're you're going out there to uh, do an interview with um, what is her name, Lisbert? Uh, like all these guys got like weird fucking names because they're like Muppet people, um, and they're called uh, Grumpuses. So you're a Grumpus as well. <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah, they're they're weird like Muppet people. Um, anyway, you go there and then you run in. You you get you, your flying ship gets hit by Mothza Supreme, and then you crash land on this Bug Snacks Island, um, which I forget the... I th- think it's Snacksburg or something like that. Anyway, you you crash there, and then uh, you run into uh, Philbo, who is the mayor, uh, but 
he tells you uh, Lisbert is kind of, oh, she vanished and like she really held like the group together, but all the groups kind of separated and you got to go like find them. And anyway, you, you and then you run into this farmer man who farms condiments um, and you, you <laughs> you'll get like ketchup packets and stuff from him, um, which nice. you'll use to in various ways to capture bug snacks. Um and then so yeah you and if when they eat them they go through a snackification uh which everybody has seen where their uh limbs turn into like like a curly fry or something um yeah and you you do get to choose what parts of them turn into what like not <laughs> not everybody but for the most part you'll get to choose it, it's the game gets freaky there, there there was a point where i was like i can't look at these citizens i've destroyed them but they love it they love turning into whatever creepy monster they turn into Um, eldritch food monsters god um yeah and it's weird because this game is like really straddling this line of like kids game and adult game because so the citizens they all have like drama that is really adult drama (laughs) with each other like every citizen seems to have like beef with one of the other citizens which is kind of why they left in the first place yeah um, I thought, like there's to, like they love certain people and then they hate other people yeah <laughs> so like, and you you have to kind of resolve some of the issues between them but they which like the writing is like weirdly adult in that sense of like all the, these issues they have are so like grounded in in the real world in a way <laughs> Um, but like one of the people he doesn't trust any of the other citizens cause he runs, he's like a vegan. He, he doesn't eat bug snacks. He runs like, uh, like, a like a farm, I guess, or like a ranch. He, he like, he, you can donate bug snacks to him. Uh, and he has like a holding pin for him, but he, he wants to keep them as like pets and train them. He thinks, <laughs> he thinks bug snacks can be domesticated. Oh boy. Um, and you do. There, there is a trophy for 100% snackifying everybody. Um, and like in this case with the vegan, you kind of have to, there's a certain time you can kind of trick him into eating bug snacks, (laughs) but I don't want to spoil that for anybody for how to do that. (laughs) But yeah, then the, uh, the world is kind of separated into all these biomes and each biome has a number of bug snacks to catch within it. Um, and in your, bugopedia or snackopedia or whatever whatever the fuck it is uh you it will show what what's in that area um it it won't if you haven't seen it it won't be in there so you do have to use your camera and photograph them and when you photograph them it'll give you certain information about them like what they like what they dislike and uh like maybe just a quick blurb about them of how they interact in the world um to give you kind of hints on how to catch these things. Uh, you know, like it'll be like, Oh, they, this likes ketchup and like, or hates cheese or whatever, you know? So you can use that, um, as information to catch them. And, and, you know, like each, each kind of one has its own like interesting puzzle. I know some people got a bit disheartened when, uh, like a good example is there's the weenie worm in one of the areas, which is like a weird worm hot dog. Um, <laughs> And then in another territory, there is the shy weenie worm, which is a Chicago style hot dog. Um, and I mean, they 
they have different likes and dislikes, but it's kind of like this for a lot of the bug snacks where it's like in one biome, there's this and the other biome, there's this. That's just like a reskinned version of that, but has like a bit different behavior. Um, in this case with the shy weenie worm, I did like that because it is Chicago style hot dog. Um, it hates ketchup. And I just find that funny because you're not supposed <laughs> to put ketchup on a Chicago style hot dog. Uh, it's just kind of funny. Great. Stuff like that uh, throughout the fucking game. The boss fights, um, yeah, I know it, it sounds crazy that there's boss fights, but the the legendary bug snacks, they're boss fights, and those are pretty fucking cool. Um, and unfortunately, those all seem kind of extra. It felt like you had to do side quests to get any of those, but I caught every, I platinum the game, so I caught every bug snack in the game. Um, Moths of Supreme included. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to slice him up <laughs> nice um and yeah you'll have like uh you don't immediately start with your whole kit so i know some people were complaining like certain bug snacks were a bit more tedious to get than they should have been but you'll eventually get more of a kit and more things to do that and sometimes you can catch bug snacks completely by accident um but yeah you'll get like a trip wire and like a grappling hook and like all kinds of stuff so um I would just recommend like pushing the story and then eventually until you have that whole kit and then you kind of can catch whatever you need. And some people also said it was a bit like, oh, I just was probably playing this really differently uh, than most people were. But they were complaining that like, you know, I'd get all these bug snacks and then I would like feed them to people. And then later I'd get a quest where I needed said bug snack. Well, what I did, it, well, this is like my galaxy brain thing. Because I was, I knew I was already trying to catch all the bug snacks. So anytime I, like, I already cleared all the quests I needed from, like, before, which would usually require the areas I had already unlocked. But then when I would unlock a new area and get new quest, I would just catch all the bug snacks in there and hold them in my inventory. Because you can, if you've fully expanded your inventory of bug snacks, you can hold, like, 12 or so. Um, yeah. But I would just catch everything in the area and hold it in my inventory. Um and then if they asked for it, I just had it. So that made it easy for me to just be like, I was just catching everything in this area because I was like, they're going to ask me for stuff in this area. So you could either catch stuff and like get the quest as you go or do what I did and just like, I just caught all the shit and then I just waited and got the quest and then just gave them to them. Nice. Um, but that's just, you know, different means of playing, I guess. And this game, so aside from the weird adult themes that are kind of happening, um, granted, I, like kids are probably going to ignore all the talking scenarios, so they're not going to understand what's going on. But at the very end of the game, this is it. It's a it enters horror movie territory. It gets terrifying, <laughs> like absolutely fucking horrific. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything more than that, but it gets horrifying. I, a lot of podcasts have said that. I'm just mirroring. Yeah, it didn't end the way I thought it would, and it got scary. Um, in a way that I I think would be very upsetting to children <laughs> if they were cool. like, ah, I'm catching all these cute bug snacks. And then the ending is like so horrific. You know what? I bet it wouldn't phase my kid. It probably wouldn't. <laughs> With what be he's like, been watching. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, yeah, I've, I've seen just about every cryptid that exists on YouTube. I think <laughs> there's something about this ending that just left me feeling deeply uncomfortable, but it's 
<laughs> but may, you know, maybe not. Some people might be fine with it. But yeah, all the all the citizens were fun. I like that they had deep, interesting personalities and interesting relationships uh, with one another. It, this is easily not like the best game of the year, but uh, it was definitely worth playing. And I mean, if you if you got a PS5 or like access to this game, if you if you got it through PS Plus in any way, it's totally fucking worth playing. Um, but yeah, we're uh, those were uh, most of the games I've played through so far. And then the uh, we'll we'll take a break here, and then I'll come back with Demon Souls. All right, we'll uh, take a break. And come back with Demon Souls. <laughs> Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Okay, we're back, and now we have some... Marcus is going to yell at everyone about Demon Souls. I got to get... On this fucking soapbox and yell at everybody about Demon Souls. <laughs> People have been playing Demon Souls wrong for years. Uh oh. They've been doing it wrong. I'm and I know this. I know this. Everybody complains about the Flame Lurker. The Flame Lurker is not hard. He's one of the easiest bosses <laughs> in the game. Now, how can I say that with such absolute fucking confidence? Now I've played Demon Souls a fuck ton. Back when it came out, I played through it. I fucking i I played through it about six or so times when it came out. I'm almost yeah. done with two playthroughs of the new one, of the remake. I I have about three bosses left on both my characters. Uh, Flame Lurker is not hard. Everybody's been playing the bosses in the wrong order. That's the fucking problem. And I can say this with confidence: it does not go. And trust me, the the way I played this in the original was you do Phalanx, Tower Knight, then you go from there and you do Iron Spider or Ar Armored Spider, and then Flame Lurker and Dragon God. That's the wrong order. But that's the order. <laughs> if you look up anywhere, that's the order they tell you to go. That's the wrong fucking order. This is the, this is, you want the easiest fucking order to do the game in. The problem is that Tower Knight is not the second boss. He's actually like the fifth or sixth boss. But there's a caveat here. Okay, you do Phalanx. He's the first boss. The second boss you're technically supposed to do is Leechmonger. But I still recommend doing the Tower Knight as your second <laughs> boss. Because you can sprint to him. He's easy to get to and he's not a hard boss. But you'll notice he does a fuck ton of damage and he gives you a fuck ton of souls. And the only reason I recommend doing him as your second boss is because you open up a grass farm where you can farm healing items. Like, because you just teleport to him and you run backwards and you can kill the two dark knights that are behind him. Uh, and they drop uh, half moon and full moon grass constantly. Um, and you can also get Crescent Moon Grass off the little archers behind there. But he is, Tower Knight is technically not the second boss, but 
I still recommend doing him in the second boss position. Then I recommend doing, then you can, you can do Iron Spider if you want. Iron Spider's not bad. The, the Armored Spider, pretty easy. <laughs> if you want. You can kind of do this in any order from here, but don't, you do not go to Flame Lurker. You do, so, so technically under my recommendation, you, you do, you would do Armored Spider, but after you do Armored Spider, you go do Leechmonger, which is, I, that, I know that place sucks. It, it was the precursor to Blight Town. I know it sucks. But that boss is infinitely easier, and like that place is not a fucking shithole the way the other place is. The and I'll I'll get back to that. Then you do uh, adjudicator. All you need for that boss is ranged. You, that boss isn't even hard. You just shoot him in the face. Well, okay, he's a big fat guy with a uh, like a bird on his head. He's got a crow on his head. You shoot him in the yeah. crow because <laughs> he takes no damage if you hit him in the stomach you have to you have to either have a ranged weapon or like hit him in the head somehow um i just usually go in with magic or something you know blap him a bunch a anyway he's super duper fucking easy um and this is my point leechmonger is like not even a boss it doesn't feel like you it's like you light him on fire he fucking dies um and this is like why, why make the game harder than it needs to be it's already a challenging game um then and this is once again, you still don't fucking do Flame Lurker. You do the false idol in the third stone. <laughs> like, I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> then you go do Flame Lurker. It'll change the entire fucking game for you. You'll be like, what the fuck was I? And, and, and you don't even have, you could do other bosses even that. Like, I, I think some of the other bosses are even easier than that. Um because Dirty Colossus is insanely fucking easy, too. Um, in fact, that whole stone on that side. Because And basically, my point is, the way this game is technically designed, because um, I think the way most people have been doing this game wrong for years has uh, fucked uh, with the difficulty of the game. Because I think this game was designed that you... Because it has the archstones, it is separated into worlds, so there's... I think you were supposed to do so obviously you do one dash one uh bulletarian palace, but then it's like I think you're just supposed to do one dash one, one dash two like uh two dash one, three dash one, four dash one, five dash one. Like I think you're supposed to do all the ones, all the twos, then all the threes. Oh, okay. That's my and I I think it that it if you think of it like that, it radically changes that game. Because if you do Flame Lurker, Dragon God, which I think if you, after you beat Dragon God, it actually makes all the other stones harder. So that's another thing. I could be wrong on that because I, the only boss I haven't done yet is Dragon God for um, that stone and then like the stuff after that, uh, which is like end of the game stuff. But it's like I've already killed Storm Ruler. I've killed, uh, what, what what's their name? I, okay, there, there's a boss where it's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it it's like it, it, it's a boss that summons a player as the boss, which is pretty cool. <laughs> this game was <laughs> ahead of its time that you <laughs> it summons in a player to be a boss, um, which I have a good story with that. We uh, me and my friend. So I I summoned him in and we had already cleared the stairwell and then it summoned in a player as the boss. Well, I ran down the stairwell and he was just waiting in the boss fog, the player. 
And then I spent about 10 minutes trying to summon in another person, but I just couldn't like it kept being like summoning failed, summoning failed. So eventually I was like, ah, fuck it. So so this guy's been waiting in this box boss fog for at least 10 minutes. We enter and we just ass raped him. Like we just beat him into a fucking corner <laughs> and like he couldn't do anything. And so I was like, I like feel bad. That guy was just waiting for us to come in and just destroy him. And then it gets worse. That so then we did it in my friend's game, and it summoned that same guy. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking god!" And we just went in there and beat the shit up again. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. I was like, "What kind of bad luck?" <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> oh god, damn it. Yeah, I've been That's having great. a lot of fun with this game. Uh, Demon Souls is the, uh, you know, I'll just talk broad strokes now that I'm off my soapbox. It, it is the, it's the only game that looks next gen. Like, it looks really good. It looks sharp. Um, and the load times are like crazy fucking quick, um, which has kind of changed the game in some ways. Because back in the day, when you died and you had to sit and stare at a fucking loading screen and contemplate how you fucked up that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah you're not just like man i fucked up bad <laughs> but yeah i've been having a lot of fun i mean like i i haven't struggled on particularly anything um storm ruler is still probably the coolest boss in the game because it it's a boss where there's like these giant flying stingrays in the sky and this one's the storm ruler is like a huge huge stingray um and there's like a sword out in this field and you pick it up and you equip it and it shoots giant air blades and that's like the <laughs> only way to hit these things but it, it's fucking cool <laughs> especially if you and a friend or like you a friend and a friend are out there just with three storm like of these swords and just you're all just shooting air blast all over the place. It's really awesome. Yeah. And that sword only has that, like, because you can have it equipped outside of that fight, but it only shoots the air blast in that area. And I'm like, God damn it. It's so cool. <laughs> um, And I'm sure a lot of people playing this now are realizing, like, oh, shit, this was, like, the template for, like, like fuck, Dark Souls was just this game uh, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, like Dark Souls did have a lot of homages to the uh, Demon Souls, like even in Dark Souls three um, and then even like some of the stuff in Bloodborne, because Bloodborne did start as a successor to Demon Souls, like which I, I still and I, I, you know, fingers crossed from my end and, and I we, we don't know exactly if the company would do good on it, but Bluepoint. Uh, has a very talented team, um, and I think this is a good showcase of, like, they do make some odd decisions of, like, where the line in the sand is, of, like, what they feel okay with changing and what they don't, because um, a lot of this is very much it's that fucking game, but I kind of would like to see them, maybe if, it, like, if Sony really needed a Demon Souls 2, I would think Bluepoint could probably do it since now they've rebuilt they know how to build one of these games but i do think they the networking is not perfect because it's the the only tweak they added was adding passwords like it's still kind of broken a bit and like 
putting signs down and like hoping your friend sees it even with the password uh it's it's still pretty snappy but it does make me wonder if they just took whole piece of that netcode from before and put it in there um like just some of the fucking things like so like some of the bugs are still there you can't you can't dupe items like you used to but just some of that same shit is in there the way like voice lines are delivered it's almost identical like they did re-record all the voice lines but they got the old cast to do it for the most part and it's pretty spot on um like that storage guy who's like you got a heart of gold don't let them take it from you <laughs> I'm like this is fucking weird line man <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's a good time. I I like granted I'm a whore for these kinds of games, so it's it's fun for me. I can see plenty why nobody would like I can see why people wouldn't uh like if you're not a souls person, this isn't going to interest you. This isn't going to move the needle for you, I don't think. Like it, I don't even think this is a good jumping on point for some people. I, I think in some ways Demon Souls is harder than some of the other Souls games. Uh, but and, and it's still got like because they th- and this is once again, Blue Point just does kind of weird stuff like they kept the timing on attacks the same as it used to be, but they added animations to like flush it out so it didn't look so like slow. Like, yeah. but if you do a backstab animation, it still takes a good amount of time. Like, it's a bit too long, but that's where it's like, they didn't want to mess with this uh, for whatever fucking reason. I know, like, you sent me stuff how they changed that. Uh, the old cat ring, its picture was just a picture of one of the employee's cats that was left. It was a placeholder that accidentally got left in the game. <laughs> but... But yeah, it was just one of the employee's cats was the picture for the cat ring. Um, that image is actually still in the game. It's just not for the cat ring. They, they made an emblem that's more in line with the other emblems. Um, but that image is still, it's hidden. It's a hidden secret in the game. Um, but yeah, it, I you know, like I said, this is, this would be a contender for game of the year for me. It's that good. Uh, it was a good game back way back when and it's good now and blue point did amazing work of bringing it to the modern era it's got the best create a character that's been in a souls game it's you can you can apply the female or i shouldn't say female because it it doesn't uh designate gender it just has a character type a character type b but you can you can put any the quote unquote i'm just gonna say feminine because it's gonna be easier to describe it that way you can put the feminine animations to like any character. Okay. So if you have the quote unquote masculine body type, you can apply the feminine animations to it as well or vice versa. You can also have the feminine voices. Once again, I'm just using feminine to describe it here on the podcast. So it's easier to understand because they're all just listed as like voice a voice B voice C. um, And same with like body type a body type B um, and so on and so forth. Um, they reduced it to numbers, um, no, numbers and letters. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, I mean, all that stuff's nice. And you can even like customize the teeth of your character, which is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't spend too, too long in the character customizer. You, you can also change your character at any point in time. Um, there's a like maiden stone that you can pay 25 K souls to, and it opens up so you can alter your character at any point. 
um, if you get sick of how your character looks. You can't re uh, you can't reallocate your stats, uh, but whatever. That's I feel this game more than any other game. It's like your stats don't super duper matter. You can kind of, if you want to be like a strength person, you can be a strength person. If you decide yeah. midway, I want to cast spells. You can just put the points in that and then start doing that. Um, royalty is still broken. You <laughs> choose that as your starting class. Cause it starts with the uh, soul arrow and that ring that has mana regeneration. But yeah, anyway, <clears throat> that's about it. That's about the uh, long and short of it. A uh, lot of particle effects. The game looks really good. Uh, loads super fucking fast. Runs, runs amazing. Um, and it's, nice. it's also, it's that game, you know, it's that fucking game. Um, <laughs> it's that game. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things where you like, you, you never know with a remake, like, if what's all going to get changed, you know, like obviously final fantasy seven remakes, a great example of that, where it's like it final fantasy seven remake is like a different game almost, but this is just, it's that game that, and it looks a lot better. Um, nice. and it's giving me real, like real big time nostalgic, like flashbacks of like remembering playing this way back when, um, and like, you know, certain things I'll be like, oh, wasn't this over here? Or like, um, there was even a moment with my friend where he was just like, there's a door back here, but it, you can't get through it. And I was just like, you said that the first time we played, <laughs> you said that the very <laughs> first time we played. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. Um, anyway, Justin, you do anything, you play any games? Well, I think, uh, you went on for like I, an hour and a half. I, I played enough games for the well. We missed three weeks. I know. To think I played um, games on top of that, and I didn't play nearly as many games. So I think actually, I can hold off on saying what I did until next week because Andre Bones is he's he's been rearing to get get in here. Um, he's been patiently waiting. I mean, he he's injured because of the last time. He burst through the freaking ceiling. ceiling. <laughs> <clears throat> so he's going to get, he he wants to get in here. <laughs> and he wants to do his thing, his shitty headlines, you know, that's what he wants to do. So I better let him get, get his, get his, uh, his jimmies off, I guess, or his, whatever, whatever that his phrase two cents. is. He's got to get his two cents in. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think he just, he's going to, he's going to Jimmy's. He's, he's, he's going to rustle his Jimmy's. Jimmy's. Yeah. He's, uh, but, uh, yeah. So he's going to, he's going to pop in here and, uh, I'll still, like I said, I only have the one mic. We only have the, we have the one mic set up over here, uh, on this end of the LGA studio, uh, these days. So I'll let him, uh, jump in here. I'm back. I'm back. You're, you're back? I'm back from... Back from the dead. You know, I died. <clears throat> I died. You died. Week. <laughs> I died. Yes. Um, is that damn poison that those kids gave me for Halloween? They gave me laced candy. They laced my candy with COVID. <laughs> you believe that? No, I don't believe. Andre, I don't think kids can lace candy with anything. They came to my door. For Halloween, for trick or treating, and they gave me candy. That no, Andre. They, why would you I, accept candy from kids? Do I look like a charity case? Do I look like I need candy? 
I don't need candy. Then why did you take it? Well, I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted that candy. It looked good, so I ate it. I got sick with COVID, that hoax of a Chinese Kung flu, that hoax disease. It, all, it killed me. Yeah, you got gave, brought back to life. You gave the COVID to Justin, you know that? I ain't do shit. I gave, I, I died from this fake virus. You see? And this, 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 uh, you, you, you go out there, you wear your masks, you get the COVID anyway. It, it sounds like you weren't. It sounds like you're uh, spreading <laughs> your anti-mask propaganda. Everyone else, everyone else was wearing their mask. Guess what? I still got it. It didn't do shit. That's right. Everyone going out wearing the masks. I still get the COVID anyway. And it, it's, it just proves my point that this is a fake virus. It's manufactured Andre, you got it from by the, candy the Chinese. And you died and came back. I think that proves it's real. No, that's fake. It, no real virus would kill you. Bring it back. Well, Andre, do you, do you have anything? What are you here to complain about? What, what's up? Yeah, I got I got a lot. I got a lot. Um, so first of all. I remember hearing you talk about hearing the. Uh, I was listening to the backlog of the podcast because you know I'm a loyal listener of the Late Gaming Arena podcast. Well, well thank um, you. Yeah, I do my part. Uh, I don't. I'm a freeloader. I mean, I kind of am, but mm, you didn't hear that from me. So, so what? What did you hear on the <clears throat> backlog? What, what? What's up? So, you you talked about when Microsoft bought ZeniMax. They yeah. bought ZeniMax. They bought Bethesda, and you mentioned that Bethesda may not have wanted to get bought by Microsoft, and they went above their heads, and you know what? I know exactly why. I know why they didn't want to get bought by Microsoft. Why? I can why? tell you why. I know exactly the reason. It's because, you know, Bethesda, their games have been dwindling for years. Their games have been going down the shitter. They're using the same old technology for every single game. It's getting old. Their games are getting shitty and bad. And you know what? Microsoft buying Bethesda, you know what that means? They get held to a higher standard. They didn't want to get held to a higher standard. They wanted to make, keep making shitty-ass games. They want shit games because no one is above them besides ZeniMax. And ZeniMax was just letting them make shitty games. And they didn't want that higher standard that Phil Spencer would have put upon them with, by buying them out. So this is like a uh, like like the Broadway show, the producers. They they found out they could make more money by making flops than making good games. Exactly, exactly. They don't even have to update their engine, you know. And I even just heard that even the newest game, Starfield, that's still gonna be using the same engine, just overhauled. They're not even building a new engine. It's Isn't that some bullshit? It's using the flop engine. It's using the flop engine. They're just making the shitty games. They, uh, maybe Microsoft will find to hold them to a new standard. I don't know, but they, 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 I know that's why they didn't want to get made. They didn't want to get bought because they just want to make the shit games. Well, that is... I, I don't really buy that, but, you know, you, you have your opinions that they just wanted to make poo-poo games. I mean, I mean, I thought Doom Eternal was okay. What about Doom Eternal? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about the main line. Oh, main the main Bethesda. line games, B the main B line Bethesda games, the big ones, big the big Bethesda. Kahunas, it's the big fallouts, Bethesda. the the fallouts, 
You got the fallouts, you got the Elder Scrolls, and then coming soon, the newest and biggest and baddest IP, Garfield. So you're saying Garfield's gonna be bad. Big and bad. Well, it's gonna be big, bad, but it's also gonna be very good in a shitty way, you know? <laughs> they, they, this, everyone, they're just, everyone loves their shitty games. It's like going to McDonald's. You go to McDonald's, you, you buy, you buy yourself a Big Mac from, from, it's filled with lettuce. It's a lettuce cannon burger. <laughs> and, you know, you hate it, but you also love it. You go back, you go back, you get another one. You can't stop yourself. You're addicted. You're addicted to eating that shit sandwich. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. Playing a Bethesda game is like eating a shit sandwich. It tastes good and bad at the same time. But I tell you what, if I ever find those kids that lace my candy with COVID, I'm gonna kill them. Jesus Christ, dude. I don't think you can do that. I'm gonna shove those shit sandwich Big Macs down their throats. Dude, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lace those Big Macs with COVID. Andre, you can't be doing that. That's, that's bioterrorism. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. All I know is that I'm gonna get my revenge. This fucking regular Papa John over here. You got John Schnapp over there. <laughs> hey, you know, just I, for 60 days, I just eat shit sandwiches. That's not good for you, man. Just not good for you. Yeah, I'm getting a little dizzy. I think I'm gonna have to go lay down. I gotta go, uh, I'm gonna eat more of this candy here. Um, and, uh, you still got a lot left over from Halloween. These damn kids, they come to my house dropping off their candy. Like, like I'm some sort of, like I'm some sort of landfill. Like I live in a landfill. Well, I mean, you're eating it. Ba, 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 you're eating it. Oh, man, he left. <laughs> oh, man. I think he might actually just live in the dump and he was eating garbage. That would explain a lot. A lot. <laughs> I think he's going to have more problems than COVID on his hands. <laughs> gonna, he's going to get buried one of these days. Yeah, he's going to die. I don't know, like, there's a, there's gates all around it. I can't imagine he can get, I mean, I, well, I mean, I don't know, he busts through my ceiling, so I guess maybe he's strong enough to just bust through their fence. I wonder if he has, like, a tunnel he, like, tunnels in. I can't imagine that's great. Probably, like, tunnels full of the methane <laughs> generated <Oof>. from the landfill. <laughs> and, and those shit sandwiches. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's full of hot air, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week, for the show. We're uh, back on track with the show. Oh, man. And we got kind of a lot, a lot of stuff going on coming up, coming into the end of the year. It's going to be a busy month, that's for sure. Busy month of podcasting. Um, also, pretty soon we're going to be recording uh, part three of the AO Doggies campaign for Missing Role Player Found podcast. That's we're going to be recording those coming up towards the end of December. I don't know when those episodes will go out on their feed, but we're recording them. So I guess keep your eyes out or 
watch our Twitter. We'll be retweeting those posts. And make sure you also not only subscribe to us, but also subscribe to our friends over at Missing Role Player Found. Uh, Just uh, search for Missing Role Player Found and you'll find their podcast. Uh, It's a pretty cool podcast. One of my favorites that I listen to regularly and have listened to since the very beginning. Um, Other than that, uh, make sure you're following us on our social media to search for Lit Gaming Arena. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you will find us. You can go to our website, lga.gg, where we post the show and all some, some, some other stuff occasionally. You can go to our, join our Gilded server at chat.gilded, or chat.gilded, it's chat.lga.gg. That brings you to our, the invite to our Guild server. If you don't know what Gilded is, it is like Discord, but better. If you want to send us emails, you can do so by sending us an email at social at lga.gg. You can ask us questions, send comments. Uh, if you want to ask a, do like a community engagement question of the week, let us know in that email. Otherwise, whatever question or comment you have, we will just assume you mean it just for us and we will read it on the show, answer it, whatever. Um, just uh, whatever you have. If you, want, if you have beef with whatever we're saying, if you want to start some podcast beef, I'm all for that too. Just uh, email us. Um, and also don't forget to, uh, review us on uh, Podchaser and Apple podcasts. Uh, so you can do that and refer, refer us to some friends and all that fun stuff. We will be having some sort of promotion involving referring people to our podcast, uh, sometime in the future. I'm still working out the details, but there will, there will possibly be some prizes for being a person that uh, refers us to or refers people to our show. And especially if said people end up actually listening to the show and subscribing. Um, So, and we'll be working out the details of that, but that's going to be a thing that will happen. Trying to, trying to get some more listeners to the show. Cause I, I always hear good things about the people that listen to the show. It's just getting people to listen for the first time is the, always the problem is, Getting someone to look at our, our ridiculously named podcast and be like, yeah, I want to listen to that one. <laughs> but once people listen, they like it because we have regular subscribers. I mean, we just uh, any I mean, I know I have like a baseline number of people that download the show the within eight hours of every episode I post. So, I mean, thank you to everyone that listens and, and is one of those people that downloads the show within the first eight hours of posting it. Yeah, so big shout outs to people like me and Andre. Yeah. <laughs> they're loyal listeners, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cause I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, we, granted we don't get huge downloads compared to some other shows, but we do have a pretty loyal downloader ship, I guess is the way you would say it. And just knowing that I can depend on a X amount of downloads every single time I post an episode is pretty cool. So, uh, thank you to everybody. Sincerely. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but with that being said, it's time to, uh, cock the holiday shotgun with a, a slug of holiday cheer and put a big old bullet at the end of this podcast. Mine's loaded with Christmas. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, smoke him if you got him.
Peace. great <laughs> oh my god andre bones clipping the audio every week that's, that's what he's good for every time i every time i do that i just like look at my audio afterwards and it's just like maxing maxing out the <laughs> waveform oh i need to talk i need to remember the talk further away from the mic